Welcome to the Midas Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradley. Welcome back to another episode of the Midas Touches, but it's not just any old episode because it is our Royal Ascot preview. Charlie, only a few days to go until the Royal Meeting starts. The excitement is right up there, I think, with with some of the best days, some of the best weeks in the year. How are you feeling? Yeah, uh, excitement's through the roof at the moment. Uh, Only a couple of days now until Royal Ascot kicks off. I am, yeah, especially excited. I think obviously it just has such a wide variety of racing. There's a lot to look forward to uh, for, for every um, flat racing fan. I think you, you've got a bit of everything. You've got the long distance races with the obviously the Gold Cup. Um, you've got the sprints, you know, the, the, the Commonwealth Cup, um, the Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee. Um, so, and then obviously you've got the great two-year-old racing as well and seeing sort of that generation start to come through and looking at some of those horses and, and, and thinking, oh, what could they go on to next season maybe? And, and you know, have we got a potential Guineas winner here, etc. cetera, uh, which obviously we, we more than likely do. But um, yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Uh, quality racing throughout. I think I'm most excited about the Tuesday actually. So that's that's even better, you know, get, get that out of the way first. Um, yeah, all in all, it's going to be a brilliant week. Only just, just gutted we can't be there, but uh, we, we have other engagements obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a absolute cracker it always is the racing at royal ascot is second to none i love the fact that you know you get horses coming from all over the world as well mm-hmm. we've got a lot of aussies coming for the sprints this year a couple from hong kong yeah. um obviously west ward brings his his string over yeah potentially a couple of of frenchies in there as well so it's it really is um going to be an amazing week it all kicks off on on day one the tuesday Let's talk quickly about the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been very dry over the last two weeks in England, but, you know, we've had some rain overnight. There's some forecasts potentially uh, for some thunderstorms as well yeah, over the yeah. next couple of days. What do you think that's going to mean for the, the track at Ascot? Do you think it's going to get in there? Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think there's supposedly meant to be some, some rain, uh, or quite heavy rain, in fact, on Tuesday morning. So that could mean racing conditions change on on the morning of the first day uh it's still what currently good to firm ground. yeah good 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 to firm good, in good places firm, i think yeah so we're likely to get good ground i imagine um just yeah just it's just one to factor in probably just going to get good honest racing ground um yeah, you've, d- yeah you've got to hope that the clerk of the course has got the watering right if yeah, there yeah, are yeah. thunderstorms you know, at some point, and there's a sort of deluge, then that could be difficult. Well, um, I mean, as everyone knows, it's a it's a thankless job because Sod's law dictates that he'll not water, expecting thunderstorms, and then there'll be no rain, and <laughs> and yeah. it'll be rattling quick ground come you know Wednesday Thursday. So yeah. it, it'll be tricky either way, but yeah, one to keep an eye out, look out for those horses that you know, if indeed we do get faster ground like that, fast ground or otherwise so yeah one to keep an eye on 
Let's get stuck into the racing. The way we're going to do this, we're going to tackle the biggest races from each of the day's racing, focusing on the group action. Uh, let's start with day one, which is kicked off with a race called the Queen Anne. Mm. The um, group one over a mile. And our current favorite is the Lockinge winner, Modern Games. Um at two to one sort of joint favorite with Inspiral, who is trained by the Gosdens. Frankie looking to get on the board with his first ride at Royal Ascot this year and his last year in the saddle. Uh, Native Trail seven to one, Chindit fourteens, Mutabarsek uh, is Mutasarbek is eighteen to one. Mm. How do you see this one going? Inspiral clearly a, a really strong winner last year at, at Royal Ascot. But modern games, yeah, a, a globe-trotting superstar for Charlie Appleby. Yeah, no, Inspiral won well last last year at Royal Ascot. Obviously, I think yeah, again, modern games has been um, so disrespected slightly in the market. I, I don't think two to one's fair about a horse that's possibly, I mean, certainly up there with the best milers around at the moment. Judged on that Lockinge win, I, I know people may question the horses in behind, but he, he won it well. He's now won um, five Group Ones in four different countries which is pretty pretty spectacular. So he definitely deserves respect to the top of the market. He, of course, did also finish in front of Inspiral in on Champions Day last year, coming uh, second behind Bay, uh, Bayside Boy that day. So, yeah, I think I think um, it's probably, as you, as you sort of slightly alluded to there, it, it may be something to do with the Frankie factor and that he's, you know, it's his first ride of the Royal Meeting of his last Royal Meeting. So maybe punts the latch on a bit to that. Uh, I'd take modern games over Inspiral, perhaps of the top two in the market. But actually, I think I'd look further down. I think there are a couple of good each way value bets here for the first race. Um, one of those would be Chindit. Uh, I remember writing the uh, a big race preview for the Lockinge and saying that I have a lot more confidence in Chindit if the race was run at Ascot. Um, he's got a fantastic record at Ascot, three wins out of uh, five runs. So you know, re- returning here to, to that track, I'd, I'd have quite a lot of confidence in him to run another big race. Because of course, I mean, he ran a massive race in the Lockinge itself. Uh, and he had taken a bite out of out of Will Buick on, on on his way past. And then the other one who I actually put up for the Lockinge as well, alongside Mon Games, was uh, Berkshire Shadow. I think Berkshire Shadow is, uh, well, he's actually a previous Royal Ascot winner. He won the Coventry back in 2021, I think it was. Uh, So actually big odds at the time. Um, And yeah, he is another one who probably quite likes the Ascot too. So So those two for you against the the ones at the top? Yeah, a couple of darts a bit further. I mean, 14 to 1 and 33 to 1, the pair. So So you've abandoned Native Trail? I know that's right. It sounds a bit savage. He's he's still an interesting runner. Don't get me wrong. And you may you may mention him. I I know I said he was one to look out for at the start of the season. I don't think you should take too much away from his new market run. Mutasarbek's just a way way better horse at Newmarket. Native Trail is returning after a long time, and his form still looks really good. So I, I definitely think he has a chance. But I just want to take a couple of chances on to a decent each way prices who both love this course and Amar will suit them down to the ground as well. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, Amar will, I, I love, I like Chindit. Um, I think cash probably though, I'd, I'd have just because of, uh, nice staying on second behind Chindit two starts ago and then didn't quite, uh, wasn't quite suited by the, uh, extended trip when behind Hookham and desert crown at Sandown. 
and um i think was really really well supported that day as well so i do, I do think they think a lot of him um but i I'm, I'm still with native trail here i think we spoke about him a lot on the the flat season preview and i thought that the reappearance run was encouraging enough so yeah native trail has always been one i've thought is a, is a top top class horse was run over the wrong trip towards the end of last year they went too far they know they're back at the mile charlie appleby's said in the lead up to royal Alaska that he doesn't think native trail will be far behind modern games at all mm. uh, which i think is a sign that uh, he could be a bit of value james Doyle, yeah. i think is is riding just as good if not better than william buick at the moment and charlie appleby has hit form he's Again, now at 35 yeah, yeah. percent it's, it's it's one definitely a point to note because obviously we have a lot of runners throughout the week he's back on form so definitely one to to take away i think sorry just going back to my selections bark's shadow both at the prices and the fact that he's drawn low would be my marginal preference just if anyone wanted me to get off the fence cool cool i'm go- i'm glad to hear it uh let's move on to the 305 on the tuesday the coventry stakes river tiber really well supported favorite here at seven to four for Aidan O'Brien Asadna who was an unbelievably impressive um two-year-old debutante for George Bowie I think it was one of the highest rated two-year-old debut performances ever recorded um not too much not too sure what you what you think of that one but uh yeah River Tiber really well supported favorite here yeah, I mean, the horse that came second that day went and then finished eighth at Epsom, 10 lengths behind Bobsleigh, who also comes to this race. So like, obviously, visually, it was massively impressive, but can you can you really hang your hat on it? I'd probably say no. Just, just yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, for me, the most impressive perform- two-year performance I've seen this season is actually River Tiber. I think I think he looked um, he looked quality at, at Nace. Actually, I know he won his Navin uh, maiden by by ten lengths, but at, at Nace he looked really really impressive again. And I think uh, slightly annoying. We were saying before I'd, I'd actually fancied one in here pre Dex called Unquestionable, who ran at the Cairo when I was out there for the Guineas meeting. And he doesn't turn up here. He's not going to come to Royal Ascot for for whatever reason. So I think maybe that even gives a stronger case for for River Tiber, who, as I say, was visually very impressive uh, in both his runs. Really, uh, he's he's going to be a strong favourite here. It looks. I think the the one other sort of angle I may look at would be the Marble Hill Stakes form. Uh, again, the race run on Curra Weekend, um, Irish Guineas Weekend. Uh, it's it's actually sort of quite recently been quite a strong pointer for Royal Ascot success. Um, the last three winners uh, of the Marble Hill at, at Royal Ascot uh, it was Blackbeard who came fourth in the Coventry, Fairyland third in the Albany, and Caravaggio first in the Coventry. So pr- pretty pretty um, <clears throat> strong form there. Give me the Beat Boys was was the horse that won that race this year. Uh, it was a sort of three-way finish. The other two horses haven't actually turned up for this race, so interesting that they're sort of perhaps swerving this this one. Uh, Notcha Machica and His Majesty for Aiden. Um, Jess Harrington's obviously in really good form at the moment, and Frankie Dottori is definitely a plus on on the jockey bookings. So give me the Beat Boys at four to one. I think be pretty interesting. Should run a big race. Um, if you do like that Marble Hill form, I'd also say. Uh, 
Bayern Bayern uh, is pretty overpriced at about 50 to 1 given given that one finished only two and a half lengths fourth in that Marble Hill race so 50 to 1 seems a bit uh, of an of an underestimation of that one's ability especially as, as, as that one won on debut so you know has got some potential so yeah I, I think give me the beat boys would be just whereabouts I land but I think the the market tends to get the Coventry right so it does it does although we have had some big price winners Nando Parado 150 to 1 winner just a couple Sorry, of years the ago. Coventry actually does because <laughs> Barkshire Shadow as well was yeah I think Barkshire was was sort of 12 to 1 it's an interesting one yeah you should always go back and look I mm. sh- yeah I, I I would have to look again but because some some of the two-year races they do get it really right and then other times you do get those those big surprises but yes you're probably right anyway what do you think Oh man, it's a it's such a difficult race. I'm surprised to see Bobsleigh as big as twenty eight to one. I think the the Woodcut's usually a pretty good race, and um, yeah, surprised to see that one twenty eight to one. I genuinely can't have a bet here though. I think that River Tiber is too short at seven to four. I wouldn't be backing a horse uh, in a race with I think up to you know twenty runners at Ascot. It's going to be a bit of a, a cavalry charge. And the draw is going to be so important. And these guys, the, the two-year-olds are so unexperienced here. Anything could pop out the uh, the pack. So, yeah, I think like, Bob Slay's got some good experience and um, Eve can can train winners. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd probably say Bob Slay each way would be my play here, although I wouldn't be particularly uh, confident on it. Fair enough, yeah. Low, low draws sort of helped in more recent times. River Tiber and give me the beat boys both drawn low for this yeah but it'll be interesting a good good two-year-old race to start off the festival to be fair yeah it is the meeting rather let's move on then to another group one on day one the king stand stakes these horses will be traveling very very fast up the Ascot straight Highfield Princess is favorite at five to two then our first Australian Raider Cool and Gatta is seven to two. Manakan five to one. Bit of money for that one recently. Dramatized sevens. Cannonball is at twelves. Mm. Uh, how are you looking at this market? Couple of um, raiders. Our old friend Mitt Barhi in there at twenty-five to one yeah. as well. Well, I was definitely going to give that one a shout out. I think if you think the Coventry's hard, this race is just ridiculous. Like in my mind, anyway. Like. I look through that and, and obviously I think we, we've spoken about this before on this podcast, but you like to have sort of a, as little unknown factors in a race. You know, your horse ticks as many boxes as possible. This you look through, you like a couple of them and then they've they've got sort of quite a big negative against them. Uh, I mean, the the two that strike to me are Cool and Gatter and Dramatized who both on paper have shown some really good form. Interesting that Kulangata comes over here from Australia. There were, there were a couple of others who could have been really interesting to see here as well who haven't come over. But they've got, both got really good form. But then they're three-year-olds and three-year-olds don't often win the King stand. That, I mean, that said, they... Well, so there's only been one winner in, in the last 12 years and that was Lady Aurelia back in 2017. Soldiers Cool and Liberty Beach both did go, go close in 2019 and 2020 respectively. So... It's not impossible to do, and and Cool and Gatta did uh, look pretty good, or has looked pretty good out in out in Australia. And obviously, what you had last year with Nature Strip showing that 
the Australian sprinting form is probably a cut above the the English form at the moment, at least. Um, so so maybe you want to side with that one around seven to two. I yeah, I would genuinely give a shout out to Mitt Barhi. I I think um, I obviously tipped him as a sprinter to follow this year. His his reappearance run was pretty promising. I think he was drawn on the wrong side of the track that day, and a, a sort of stiff five furlongs at Ascot would would probably help him here. Um, he's yeah, he's still one that I'd, I'd I'd be I'd be relatively keen on. He's obviously at bigger prices. Um, real shame that Azure Blue Azure Blue doesn't come here. Don't know why that is. I don't know if you know, but no. yeah, that is a shame. And also, Highfield Princess is quality, but. Um, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't have a yeah. You know, I th- favorite. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, the the there is one stat which is quite interesting, which is that eleven out of the last twelve of these runners have been rated over. I think it was one one five or one 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 three. One one three, I think. It and yeah. there's basically, I mean, yeah, look, the Australian ones are quite hard to rate, mm-hmm. and they don't have official ratings. But Highfield Princess is the only one rated yeah. higher than 113 rated 119 and um like she she's been high class she's been the best um she's been the the best five furlong sprinter mm-hmm. around some big wins at york and i think the reappearance one was was pretty positive yeah definitely agree um john quinn has also had a couple of winners in the last couple of days which is definitely encouraging for highfield princess she's going to be drawn sort of in the in the middle of the pack it's going to require a good ride from jason hart uh, under you know very pressurized situation riding a royal ascot favorite but i do think that highfield princess is definitely the right favorite and i think yes. potentially there's even a bit of juice in that price at five to two now that she's had the the, the reappearance run yeah so i definitely didn't mean that she shouldn't be favorite i i, I misspoke mm. there like I, I what i meant to say is favorites don't have a good record in this race um it's a, it's an interesting race though because it, it seems definitely like it seems weaker than you know years gone by you can imagine the batashes blue point like blue point used to be yeah. great it used to be a really really good race and, and uh, but the difficulty was it was actually like there's quite a lot of cannon fodder further down the market like you've got two really good horses at the top of it which we still could have here in kulangatu as a three-year-old of course and and highfield princess who is quality and probably underestimated uh time and time and time again so i agree she's my favorite Equilateral is one who's. Quite I was just about to say. I think Equilateral for a place is is a really good bet. I think it's a great bet. I, I think there's no chance Equilateral wins this race, but came fifth in the race last year, uh, second the year before that, and actually has been in. I think some of the best form, form of his yeah, career. Completely so agree. Far. Completely agree. I, I think. It, I mean, that's maybe what how, what price is he at the 33 moment? Thirty-three to one. Thirty-three to one as, a, as an each way bet. Buick on board. Yeah, I quite I quite like that. Just a place bet. Yeah, quite nice. Equilateral to place Highfield Princess to win for me and Charlie. You're going to side with Cooling Gatter as seven to two. Yeah, I will. I think the Australians are just probably a bit better, to be honest, sprinting wise. Anyway, right. Let's move on then to the final race that we're previewing on day one: the St James's Palace Stakes. This is the uh, coming together of the two Guineas champions from either side of the Irish Sea. First of all, Chaldean, mm. as people apparently are supposed to call him. Uh, nine to four, the Newmarket Guineas, the English Guineas winner. Uh, Paddington, nine to four, the Irish Guineas winner from Aidan O'Brien's stable. And then Cicero's gift, five to one for, for Charlie Hills. 
Mostar Bashir is nine to one. Isaac Shelby, who ran very well in the French guineas, is tens. Um, what a what a race this is! We're really seeing, you know, some of the best one mile horses uh, over the uh, from the three year old generation coming. Well, yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean. It's an interesting one, yeah. You've got you've got, as you say, the English guineas versus versus the Irish guineas. And I'd say they're pretty closely matched, to be honest. You've got <laughs> quite good yardsticks in, in Galeron and remind me of the other High Royal. High Royal, exactly, yeah. Those two um finished relatively close in behind both Paddington and and um uh, Chaldean, Chaldean, however you want to call it. Um so yeah, I, I think it, it's quite hard to pick between the two maybe marginal preference for for Paddington but of course Aiden's just so good over in Ireland that those results can sometimes flatter horses so yeah I, I, it's a difficult call between those two Cicero's so Griff's an interesting one obviously I mean um, currently unbeaten but the, the form of that Goodwood race really doesn't look like all that much so I wouldn't necessarily be too sweet on that one's chances though still pretty unexposed and and interesting bringing a different form line in the, the other one who does that as well is is uh Mostabshire for John and Thady Gosden I thought this one was definitely more interesting the that York win the five, five length win at York the other day was pretty pretty impressive and and the form looks good it's annoyingly sort of got a bit worse in the last couple of days because both Master Chartwell, who came fifth, and Cathab, who came third, have got beat since, yeah. and quite comprehensively beat as well. But the second and the fourth have won from from that York race, so there is some substance to it. And the, the thing that sort of drew me here was was the parallels with this horse and Palace Pier for for again for John John Gosden mm-hmm. um who who won this race back in what, 2020 2021 2020 maybe anyway um because uh, <laughs> they were clearly both horses that just weren't quite ready for for the guineas um and I mean most of she did have a go in the Craven where where he was fifth but uh clearly just just not quite ready at, at that point in time uh and then like Palace Pier, sort of went to a, a sort of lesser event and came into this a bit under the radar. I remember Palace Pier was about five to one and I was quite keen on his chance at the time. So I see a lot of parallels here. It's a bit of a hunch maybe, but I mean, most of Shear is, is um, a, a very nicely bred horse as well. So uh, the, who was it? The dam bred... Mostadaf and Nazif. Nazif obviously being a multiple group one winner. So so this one's very nicely bred. It's a bit you're you're betting on on sort of promise rather than known form, which I don't like so much. But at nine to one, maybe that's the sort of the price you pay. So yeah, maybe tentative one for Mostabshir bringing in some different form into this race. So yeah, I'd go for him. Yeah, I think for me it's genuinely a toss up between Chaldean and Paddington. I think one of them will win it. I think they're probably quite far clear of the others um if i was going to hang my hat somewhere probably paddington just because won pretty impressively and looked a little bit more comprehensive than 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 chaldean although chaldean was very good but you also have to factor in the ground conditions that day it was soft ground yeah 
Um, so it was a bit of a muddle of a guineas, really, wasn't yeah. it? It's yeah. a it's a really really difficult race. Could yes. you could you forgive Raw Scotsman? No, that, no, you couldn't. Well, I mean, maybe you'd say it was too bad to be true, um, and at that price, potentially, um, it's it's you're 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 having to do another August Rodan though, and really kind of forgive him. And, and I'm not sure he's necessarily the same class. I was also I was going to say with, with all respect to Paul and Ollie Cole, I think. Aiden Aiden is a genius yeah. at doing those those exact kind of things. Although you could see Jamie Spencer like just come there swinging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's very good at riding Ascot, so yeah, it is interesting. But anyway, yeah, uh, difficult race. I think we can both agree. Yeah, that is day one covered. Your nap, please, though, for the first day. Oh, nap on day one. <laughs> um, I think it would be something like Berkshire Shadow to finish in the top three. Yeah. But I'll show it to place. Yeah. Good, I'll, really I'll go e- equilateral to place. You'll probably be able to back it sort of five places on the exchange, maybe get about four to one on that or something. So yeah, equilateral top five would be my nap on day one. Let's move on to the second day of the Royal Ascot meeting, which starts with the Queen Mary. Jane Chapel Hyam currently has the favourite Born to Rock at nine to two beautiful diamond five to one crimson advocate is tens got to love a gray tens as well and matrika is the o'brien one also at ten to one why is everyone ten to one it's a very very open race this charlie a difficult one again the two-year-olds coming up uh the ascot straight who's your hat on here there is one i quite like too fair in this field it's just a question mark over whether she goes to this race or whether she goes to the albany she won she won her debut over six furlongs so maybe better suited to to the albany rather than this five furlongs but she's certainly got um plenty of pace as well so it, it, it'd be a bit of a toss-up you want to just wait till declarations on that one but uh the, the one i like here is 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 matrica for uh, for aiden o'brien Interestingly, he's actually never won the the um, Queen Mary before, so this would be a first for him. But uh, I, I thought this this one looked smart on debut at the Curra again on that Irish Guineas weekend. I think there will be a few horses coming out of that weekend who will go on and win at Royal Ascot. Um, obviously, we'll talk about Luxembourg later, but uh, yeah, the, the, there's a few on that card that I think it should win at, at Royal Ascot. Um, I think just basically this horse is bred to win at Royal Ascot. Like it's it's a really interesting pedigree where so um the horse is is, is by uh Nona Never, who was obviously himself a, a Royal Ascot winner and uh in recent times has bred winners including Meditating Little Big Bear both last year, uh, and then Arizona and Alcohol Free as well. So um has a relatively good record for a for a young sire. Um, and then also on the on the dam side, um, that one has bred uh, a Royal Ascot winner in the Wow Signal, who won the Coventry back in two thousand fourteen. So there's just a lot of quality in the family. Um, there is, yeah, there's th- there's a lot to be said about the breeding, and uh, that along with the sort of visuals of the debut makes me quite excited about this horse. I think this one would definitely be one that I, I was I was pretty keen on I'm surprised to see her not, not see her closer to the head of the market really I, th- I think she she's very good and people tend to get quite excited about these Aiden O'Brien fillies I remember more beautiful went off about evens for this race and to be fair did get beaten but um 
you know they can get quite excited for these ones so yeah Machka for me 10 to 1 I really like the look of her but yeah that word of warning that it's either going to be the Queen Mary or it will be the Albany if in terms I, do, I think she could win over either to be honest I think she looks quick enough for 5 and and six she's already won over so yeah be very interesting but no that that's that's uh that's my view on the race i don't know what you what you think about this one uh i think midnight affair has got a good chance here for uh the fahi team midnight affair was second behind soprano on debut and soprano by all accounts was meant to be george bowie's best two-year-old so quite happy to follow that form line uh, Midnight Fair was was well fancied when winning next time out at Beverly um, won quite nicely and uh, I'm sure has plenty more in the tank here I think experience will will tell Richard Fye's had four winners in the last 14 days out of quite a few runners he's only about the 10% mark usually they like it a bit more um, you know closer to the the 20% mark but um, yeah I think Midnight Fair out of all of these is potentially slightly overpriced here yeah and actually just to add to that i mean this one will be going here for a start and also that horse of george bowie's soprano's second favorite for the albany at the moment about nine to two so they they, they clearly still like that one uh so yeah midnight vote would definitely be interesting for me i do agree but uh no match i think i'm quite sweet on actually oh i love love to hear that love to hear that let's move on to the 340 the duke of cambridge stakes group two phillies and mares one mile jumbly is favorite now with joseph patrick o'brien a big gamble this nine to four uh laurel three to one who was not at her best in the lock-in although potentially expected prosperous voyage who was successful at epsom uh is at six to one grand dam 14s on reappearance for the Gosdens, really fascinating race this some interesting contenders laurel back against her own sex and own um yeah just her own sex so and 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 foils of course um although a couple of the old ones, horses, so. yeah uh, the ones at the, at the top of the market are all four so i think it's an easier task for her yeah, uh, yeah. and and potentially she might come back i think three to one looks a bit short though uh, for her potentially but, yeah and you've got to forgive her that that run at Newbury in the lock-in obviously she she's still she's still interesting and John and Thady Gosden have won this race two out of the last three years as well so so they definitely like to win this one I, I think she's still got a fantastic chance I think she holds a lot of potential I wouldn't necessarily put Jumbly as favorite for this race I kind of don't understand why Jumbly is favorite for this race I don't know just because the money came or whatever like yeah for for me i wouldn't have that horse at the top of the market it'd be laurel prosperous voyage uh well she was second in that race behind just beautiful and it was a weird day that at the curra because they were all winning off the front front running yeah 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 um but clearly they you know they've got her off uh they've got her off the charltons they paid a lot of money for her mm -hmm. and um i'm not saying that the charltons are necessarily bad trainers but they clearly thought that they could do something with the the filly that the Charltons couldn't. So you know, it's interesting to see her in at the top of the market. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I mean, I had a good look through through the whole of this this race, to be honest, and because I, I was I was struggling where to to land really, and I basically decided I wouldn't be afraid to take on a big price here. Um, 
I look look through the archives and uh, four four winners of the last twelve have gone off double figure odds, including a, a twenty two to one shot in twenty twenty one and a twenty five to one shot in in twenty fifteen. Um, another trend that I had a look at was three of the last twelve winners came straight from the Dahlia Stakes at Newmarket. There's one in here at quite a big price who fits well both those those um, categories, and that is random harvest who i know is a really big price at 33 to 1 um but her form figures at ascot are really good um she's finished second first and third at ascot uh a next next second in the kensington palace at the, at the at the royal meeting last year so she's got form uh in this week uh, and and good form at the course as well uh, she also finished a close-up second behind Prosperous Voyage. She's obviously only only six to one for this race in a, in a Group Three at Epsom. Uh, that was the last time I think. Um, so, I, I mean, I know she's a big price, but it's it, it's quite interesting that she does take a couple of boxes here, and and the the course form would be interesting for me. And I think just with the fact that I've got a question mark over a couple of the the ones closer to the top of the market, it might just be worth taking a horse who's who's a bit further down there. I think the other one that's really interesting, but I wouldn't back personally is, uh, 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 um, oh, how do you say that? Uh, Amena, Amena, Amena? Yeah, Roger Varian said, yeah, if she not- does turn up here, then keep your eye on her. Yeah. But she, she may, they may actually go for the foul mistakes instead. Right, because she's not been seen since the, the 1,000 guineas. Last not, year. Was it last year? Yeah, yeah, 2022 it was, yeah, yeah. But I mean, very interesting. So, so yeah, she she'd be a cool one. But uh, no, for me, I think Random Harvest at a bigger price is, is interesting, personally. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think Laurel. Interesting. I, when I first looked through the race, I thought she was she looked good. Um, I actually was quite taken by Grand Dame when when she ran the first two starts of her career were very good. She kind of bombed out last year. Uh, during the during the royal meeting in the the coronation stakes but i think she's got more of a chance here to run well uh john gosden managed to bring inspiral back after a big layoff last year to win so i think grand dam's interesting i would i'm happy to take on the top two in the market here um it's not a race i want to have a big play in. i don't think prosperous voyage is going to be that well suited to ask it i think no. she likes uh she likes a sort of a track track where you can just sort of gather speed and um and and ask it's pretty stiff as they go so yeah i'd be against against her here um i'd take a chance on on grand dam here um but you know it's a it's a difficult race and uh currently quite a weird market so i'm quite happy to to not really have a big big play in it yeah no f- fair enough fair enough but do look do look at the bigger prices it's happened before in this race so be interesting yeah definitely let's let's move on to the 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 big one on the wednesday ascot the prince of wales stakes one more two furlong this for me is one of the best races of the whole week luxembourg two to one favorite adar a derby winner nine to four my prospero has had a lot of money come for him uh seven to two after an encouraging run in the lockinge Bay Bridge, four to one. Dubai on a sixteens. Mm. What are your thoughts, man? I mean, first I'm in complete agreement that I think this is my mo- the race I'm most excited for in the whole week. I'd say 
I think this lineup between the, the top four, certainly in the market, and then Dubai Honor is even interesting um, at a sort of bigger price. But the top four there are all to top quality performers. I, I think we, we've got a bit of agreement here on this race because, well, for me, I think the first thing I would I would say is that I would say I would suggest that Baybridge should turn the form round with with Luxembourg from that Curra the from the Tattersalls Gold Cup at the Curra uh, the other weekend. I think he was a bit unlucky in running where he got sort of boxed in at the wrong moment um, going up the straight. And yeah, you could say he had time to go past Luxembourg, but at that point he's already lost his momentum and he's had to get going again. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that you know. Well, the other thing I'd say is. It was a great um, front-running ride from Ryan Moore as well, who was riding really well on that weekend. Aidan was having a great weekend in Ireland. It's it's a different kettle of fish. But coming over here to a race that Michael Stout really loves as well, you know, he had um, Chris Lotion win this and... Poet's word. Poet's word. So uh, those are two winners in the last five years. He, he definitely likes this race. I think at 4-1, to one, Baybridge is, is certainly interesting. I mean, the other one that... that I do think is interesting is is, is Adiar, to be honest. Um, he's a King George's sixth winner in, in 2021. Um, and I think that's the best piece of form that anyone's got in this in this field, personally. Um, his win on return after a long layoff, I mean, obviously it was to be expected, but it, it, it's looking pretty good now. Uh, and Matt went and won a Group 1 next time out in France. And, and Regal Reality somehow managed to win a race again, uh, a Group 3 next time. So you know he he actually won what looks like a fairly decent race uh in hindsight um of course he did get beaten by braybridge last year on, on champions day but uh yeah i think at the prices marginal preference for preference for baybridge but well i'm with you cracker. here yeah i think baybridge i like that piece of form in the on champions day slightly worried about sir michael starts form at the moment uh, he's he, he's been really patchy. He was really hot at the start of the season, then went into a bad patch, then got really hot again in a little bit of a cold patch now. So I'm hoping that he can get a couple of winners over the next few days to give me a bit of confidence. Maybe that price will will get a bit bigger if he doesn't. I think um, I think he's he's the bet at the prices at the moment at four to one. Mm. Um, second in the race last year behind State of Rest and uh, Richard Kittenskirt is going to be looking to prove Michael Stout wrong after uh, losing the ride on Desert Crown. So, yeah, I think it's a big week for, for Richard Kingscote. This is a huge ride for him. And if he can win this, uh, you know, it's going to put him back at the top of Sir Michael Stout's thoughts for sure. Um, nap on the Wednesday. I think given we're both in agreement, we should go for Bay Bridge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bay Bridge. Bay Bridge, four to one. That is... Wednesday all covered right day three then and it's going to start with the Norfolk Stakes five furlongs Wesley Ward's always had a good record in this race favorites have not none of the last 12 favorites have won this favorite at the moment is elite status for Carl Burke 13 to 8 American Rascal 3 to 1 big hype horse that a sadner is 8 to 1 but more likely to run in the Coventry on day one. Uh, Johannes Brahms, 10s. Notcha Magica is 10 to 1, although potentially also going earlier in the week, I think, as well. No, no. Going to come here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
who's your pick here? Such a difficult race. It is a difficult race, definitely. As you say, Wesley Ward has won this race before. Shang 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 won this race uh, a couple of years back. American Rascal, I mean, I don't know anything about American form, so I can't pretend to know what he beat, but he, he did it by 10 and a half lengths very easily. Odds on favourite on debut. He's obviously an interesting one. Uh, also got fandom in here, uh, once race winner as well. So those two be respected. Quite interesting that we've got George Weaver. I think he's an Australian trainer, isn't he? Um, or is he? No, no, he's not. Anyway, um, he's American as well. <laughs> but so yeah, a few American horses in here. I think Elite Status does look very good. And uh, big talking horse, Carl Burke's obviously got a lot of good th- uh, two-year-olds this year. Uh, or sort of again, actually, he's, he seems to have a lot of just speedsters so that one be interesting but um really like your sat on the favorites there so yeah I, I mean if i like give me the beat boys on day one i've got to look at noche magica and uh his majesty here uh, i think marginal preference just based on on that race uh at the cara um i would probably side with his majesty i thought was finishing that race off really nicely sort of uh, getting to grips there uh, I'd actually uh, tipped him on the day um, <clears throat> so it was a bit disappointed but I think at 16 to 1 here is is, is probably quite a, an interesting runner not a massive not a massive preference to be honest I think Elite Status does look really good but would be worried about your stats so yeah His Majesty a tentative one at 16 to 1 hopefully give me the beat boys um, sort of sort of backs that form up earlier in the week and maybe we can get a bit more excited about this one but yeah only tentative for me what about you yeah it's a a difficult race this i mean i have heard a lot of good things about american rascal doing some very good work but uh wesley ward's also very bullish about his horses the whole time every horse yeah i think i think like every single year he comes out with the this is the best two-year-old i've ever trained so true you've got to take take a pinch he's not really done that well in recent years uh so i think maybe people are starting to to think that uh that wesley's wesley's um info isn't potentially the shrewdest however you know, he is a very good trainer and, and these ones are just rockets over the five furlongs. So, you know, I respect American Rascal a lot. Happy to take on the favourite at the moment, although, you know, won't necessarily be the favourite on the day. Fahey's won the last two with uh, the Riddler last year. Um, Bombay Bazaar and Malk are his runners here. Currently, both uh, also in... Uh, alternative races on the week as well so it's difficult to know which one's going to turn up here I thought Thunder Blue looked really good at at Goodwood last time I'd maybe take a chance on this one Um, you know I think he beat a a good and and well fancied horse in in warm spell there quite takingly Dominic French Davies has had a nice start to the season and is going to be a trainer that people will probably underestimate at Ascot so yeah, I think like, these ammo ones, they're they're glued up at the start of their careers, and I think they'll be desperate to get some winners uh, at uh, the Royal Meeting this year. So yeah, I, I think Thunder Blue for me is one of the bigger price if uh, he turns up here, which uh, which should happen. You know, it's his only entry of the week, but also entered up um, later on in the season. So 
you, you never really know a lot can change that we're, mm-hmm. we're we're recording this you know four days before the the racing so a lot can happen in the field but yeah i'd take a chance on um on thunder blue here i think nice sounds good um let's move on to the 340 which is the ribblesdale uh al asifa is a favorite who's recently been supplemented for the race after a, a quite taking victory at goodwood when was really well fancied very impressive winner infinite cosmos second favorite was really really good at Newmarket. well fancied in the musidora but beaten by the oaks winner soul sister blue stocking was beaten by warm heart uh, blue stocking was very very well fancied yeah, yeah. Uh, i think they they say that blue stocking is one of the twitter hype horses so <laughs> you know interesting to see her in here how do you see it? I mean, Alasifa, it's pretty taking that that supplement. Yeah, supplementation. No, d- definitely taking, absolutely. And, and comes in here a strong favourite now. I was actually speaking to um, the George family the other day who who own Village Voice, um, who, who goes here. And I think, you know, they were quietly confident on the chance of this one. Obviously, Jesse Harrington, as we said, is in, is in great form at the moment. Uh this one beat Jackie O over in Ireland, um, who who didn't actually end up running too badly in the Irish Guineas uh, herself. So <clears throat> that one was of interest. But they did they did caveat by saying, you know, they're a bit bit disappointed to see this one come in. Uh, obviously, having uh, heard so much, so many good things about this this favourite here, um, it's difficult. The Infinite Cosmos form behind Soul Sister it is potentially interesting. Um, it's not a race I'd really be getting too involved in. Um, actually, of course, you've got to remember, Jessie Harrington won this race last year, didn't she? Um, she did indeed. Yeah, with that horse I tipped. I can't remember what it was called now. Um, we do know. Uh, anyway, sorry. That's the bye-bye. But yeah, so she goes with Village Magical Voice. Lagoon. Magical Lagoon, thank you. Yeah, for the New York family. Um, so, yeah, Village Voice at 20 to 1 is, is quite a big price. I'd say for a trainer who won this last year and um, is in red hot form at the moment. So yeah, but no, got a lot of respect for this this favorite coming in here. Could be maybe the favorite to to be be on side with of the week. Yeah, I think so. John Gosden's had a stranglehold over this race. Uh, him and Thady won it two years ago with Loving Dream. They won it with Frankly Darling, Starcatcher, and uh, Coronet. So they've won something like three out of the last five uh, years. So I think when Joel Gosden supplements one for the race, you probably got to stand up and take notice. Whether I'm advising a strong bet at four to five, maybe not, because I think there could be some more money on Infinite Cosmos on the day. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think Alice Ifo, if you can get around evens, it's probably not a bad bet. She probably will go and win this. So yeah, I, I'm with the favorite here, I think. Uh, even though I do think Infinite Cosmos can run better than she did in the Musidora. Yeah, John, John and Thady have got, or John and then Thady more la- uh, more recently have four of the last six winners of this race. Four of the last six, is yeah. It? Which is that? I mean, that's a brilliant record. You've got to take note. Yeah, mm. uh, let's let's take note of that. <laughs> let's move to the four twenty, the Gold Cup. Arguably the biggest race of the week in terms of history. We think that the biggest race of the week is the Prince of Wales. 
Um, it's just the one we're most interested in or like yeah yeah but this doesn't get me excited i can't lie and and that that's maybe a bad thing this race does not get me that excited yeah um i put up a post earlier in the week with uh that picture of the big orange uh, and order of st george in the background which is obviously just an unbelievable renewal of that race one of one of the great races um i think a royal ascot in recent memory at least in my mind anyway but this for me doesn't doesn't quite do it as much. But no, go go through the market and then we can have a little, little chat. Yeah, well Coltrane uh is in here three to one currently. Uh Elder Elderov, who's a big talking horse, massive improver, uh won the ledger last year. Uh Emily Dickinson is another top O'Brien stayer, although clearly Kiprios is not involved yeah, that's and, that's the um, big miss from this race and and that is potentially what's what's making it slightly less exciting mm. courage mon ami is unbeaten unexposed um for the gosden team but uh you know big step up here in in class subjectivist who is an unbelievably impressive winner of this race back in i think 21 comes back after a career ending injury it's actually quite weird like it seems like hookham as well had a career-ending injury yet they're both back on the race course yeah, yeah and we'll both be running this week but likely yeah yeah and and have chances i think exactly yeah uh Beer broom who was successful last year in the hardwick stakes another two notable mentions who is your fancy here i mean to be fair coltrane is definitely a worthy favorite for this given strong ascot form It'll be his first try in this race. He won um, that long-distance handicap last year um, at the Royal Meeting. <clears throat> so he is a worthy favourite. As you say, Kiprios is the big miss from this race. Um, I think there are a couple of interesting ones stepping up in distance and both have form out in Maidan over the winter. One is, uh, I mean, you mentioned both of them, I think, actually. Uh, one, one is Broom. Um, who, to be fair, is very hard to get right um, and difficult to catch on a good day. But he does have a, diff- a decent record at, at, at Ascot. Obviously, he won the Hardwick last year. Um, and then he was uh, second the year before as well at, at Royal Ascot. So he's got a decent decent record at the Royal Meeting. Um, proved he could stay over further distances when he won at two miles uh, in Maidan. Um, so... That could be interesting. He also looks to have a better record earlier in the season as well as what I noticed. So he shows a bit more consistency earlier on in the season. Um, past July, I think you can write him off. But um, the other interesting one is, is or in my mind anyway, stepping up in trip is Yabir, who is arguably the quality horse in this race. I think he's a very good horse. Uh, again, a bit of a quirky one, quite quite difficult to to get right. Um, uh, th- this distance is obviously a complete unknown for him. He did win over over one mile five furlongs as a, as a three year old, uh, and there's actually quite a lot of stamina on the dam side. She was a winner over two miles herself, and has bred a, a jumps winner over three miles. So, um, so th- there is there's some evidence to suggest that she uh, or that he rather might be able to to stay this trip. I mean, it's a big might, but at, at sort of ten to one. Um, for a horse of that quality is is possibly quite interesting um yeah it, it's a it's a it's quite a tricky race uh just given you don't have the the star quality in there of of kiprios but maybe a couple of darts with with broom and your beer as two sort of very good horses um who 
yeah have that question mark over the distance but uh no what 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 what's your view well i i i mean i find it difficult to look uh outside coltrane really yeah. as one who we know will go at the distance having won the the ascot stakes last year over the course and distance uh you know second behind trushan last year on champions day I think Coltrane's great. Sheen Murphy, Sheen Murphy's one of the best jockeys around. He's yeah. going to know how to win this race. And uh, there's question marks around a lot of the, the, these in the field. And um, yeah, I think at three to one, you're still getting a, a good price. You know that you're going to get a run on the on the day. And I don't think it's the best Gold Cup we've seen. If subjectivists can get back to form, you know, we could win nicely. But oh, 100%. And give it, given that he won this race so easily back in 2021 as well. Um, against a proper field against as well. a against a good field um so yeah if he comes back to anything near the best and there was encouragement uh, that run out in maidan or the, at least the second run out in maidan so he's not without hope but yeah yeah you're, you're taking a chance but uh, like i said i've taken a chance on on two horses that may not even stay the distance so. yeah a nice boost for the form as well with with siskany going in uh over at belmont park very recently for for charlie appleby so good yeah. Good boost for both Broom and Subjectivist there. Uh, it would be great to see. I, I think Coltrane is, yeah, the, the risk-free option so, in the so, field. It's so true, yeah. Uh, and actually, ironically, that's the one that ticks the most boxes as well. So Coltrane's probably a solid bet. I think of the two outsiders I mentioned, I'd maybe just side with Yabir. But again, like you know, you, you are just, you're taking a punt on getting those extra four furlongs. So, yeah. Yeah, you are indeed. Let's move on to the last race that we're going to be covering on day three, the Hampton Court at 5.35. Drumroll favourite, 9-2. Torito fives. Epictetus is 11-2. Exoplanet sixes. Two horses for George Strawbridge in here. Torito has looked good, but but not world-beating. Epictetus was potentially very good last season, but hasn't quite reached uh, his heights mm. how uh, did you look at this race <laughs> i didn't look at this race actually <laughs> i've forgotten we were looking at it so uh unless you have anything to say i i actually i know I, i'm not gonna well, go i've not looked at it yeah i i actually i i do think that exoplanet is really yeah. is a proper horse here um i'm also keen on bertinelli uh during the week as well who runs in the George V handicap, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I think Exoplanet did very well, came from last to very nearly first, was was finishing best. The Racing Post comments quite funny. Um, Jockey said Colt jumped over a piece of litter two and a half furlongs out. Don't know what that piece of litter was, but uh, clearly... So uh, I think it was who was it Jack Mitchell on the day trying to make excuses for why he didn't get there uh, whoever's meant to be picking letter on the course at, at Newbury clearly needs to do their job slightly better um, but Exoplanet I think will be suited by the, the stiff finish here and against the top three in the market who I don't think are uh, that good I, I, I liked Torito at the start of the season um, but actually yeah, uh, it was meant to come up against Exoplanet, but Exoplanet was withdrawn. So, yeah, I think Exoplanet's going to give a, a really nice run here. And uh, I'd be pretty sweet, actually. Nice. Love to hear it, Tris. Um That ties up day four. Your nap, please. For, sorry, day three. <laughs> day three. Day three. 
my nap my nap oh god um it's 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 not my favorite day to be honest but um i probably have to go for his majesty in the in the norfolk it's quite punchy but yeah my nap will be um al asifa in the ribblesdale if you can get around even i don't think al asifa will get beat come on the jolly Let's move on now to day four. Friday is the day and the Albany is the first race. Carla's Way, currently favourite for the Chrisford. Soprano, second favourite, George Bowie. Jabara, who won a big, important race at Newmarket on debut, five to one. Beautiful Diamond Sevens. Really interesting race, this. Interesting betting heat. Have you got a good angle? Uh, n- not, not. Ma- I mean, well, uh, th- there's one of there's one I've picked out in here, um, and it sort of goes back to Carl Burke having what I think is a really good string of two year olds. Um, he's got a horse in here at about sixteen to one called Dawn Charger, um, <clears throat> who I, I think's probably looked quite good actually chasing home his own horses. <laughs> um, so he. Uh, chased home a horse on or she rather chased home a horse uh, on debut of Carl Burke's called World of Darcy who then went on to finish second behind Elite Status who we've obviously already spoken about as as favourite for the Norfolk uh, that was in a, a listed race um, so she's got some form behind some, some pretty decent performers um, she's also already a winner at, at the course uh, over, over the five furlongs to be fair but this being over six um but she looked, she looked really good when stepping up to six at, at Carlisle. Absolutely pinged the gates and just uh, ran them all down, basically. Uh, it was much better than that field, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, she she was interesting. Carl Burke won this race in 2020 with, with Dan Dalla. So I would be interested in that one. I, there was one negative trend that I noticed was that uh, no winner of this race in the last 12 years has had one, uh, more than two runs prior to to winning this which is quite interesting this one's uh dawn charger has had three runs in her career so far so um raced quite a lot compared to to most of these as well probably the you know the most unexposed in the field uh, along with Sir dorothy lawrence um actually another one of carl burks but yeah i thought dawn charger into obviously match has ended up in in this one as well so just just watch out where where she goes uh if it goes without saying but if she turns up here uh as i said for for the day two preview i think she'll win so she would be my selection if she turns up but there's that question mark she may well go to the queen mary um they've also got ryan Moore already jocked up on pearls and rubies so that looks like their first choice for this for this race which would maybe suggest to me that Machika probably goes to the Queen Mary but we'll see but yeah Dawn Charger perhaps a little star at 16 to 1 yeah I think the top of the market is pretty interesting here I was talking about Midnight Affair early in the podcast uh, with that form line with Soprano who in theory is George Bowie's best two year old I'm, I'm sticking to that uh, Soprano I think uh, at 9 to 2 is a nice price actually uh, Carla's Way could be very special having beaten the uh, Appleby horse star of mystery quite convincingly on debut although star of mystery wasn't that well fancied star of mystery then went and won at Haydock by 11 lengths next time out so 
I think Carlos Way could be pretty smart, but um, George Bowie knows how to deal with two-year-olds. High Clear have had a, a really nice time over the last couple of years in in the big meetings mm. and with I, Bowie as well, with course, Bowie yeah. especially. And 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 look, the draw is going to be. Mm. The draw is going to be definitely important and it's not something that we can actually predict. But uh, so clearly, you know, that's a bit of a, a lottery. But um, I think at 92 of Soprano, you know, you've got a, a good filly and one that's in good hands. William Buick is clearly a, a top jockey. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be on Soprano here. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the two-year races, they're, they're they're always difficult, but this looks pretty open. There's there's a lot of exciting types. Even Beautiful Diamond is one, another one for Carl Burke. One very well, Nottingham, first time, look potentially smart. So there's a there's a there's some quite exciting fillies in this one actually. Yeah, uh, let's move on to the King Edward the Seventh Stakes, where we have the Derby second place King of Steel, huge. Uh, money coming in for that one now seven to four favorite for roger varian after potentially being eyed up for for some different targets i think but yeah it, but it looks well, like it, he's gonna turn it, up here yeah he was six to one for this race not long ago and is now six to four or seven to four so <laughs> you know clearly something's changed and someone's decided that they're going for this race circle of fire second favorite sixes castleway sevens continuous nines military order is tens at the moment but without a jockey currently and william buick saddling castle way so don't know if military order is definitely going to turn up but uh i think if he does mm. um you know i think the all weather form is definitely going to help we love that stat uh you know i think it's it's often quite uh quite clear that that all weather horses perform well mm-hmm. at ascot because of the sand base that the turf is laid on there and um yeah i would love to see military to turn up here clearly didn't get a good run at all at epsom mm. didn't like the track appleby's horses weren't in great form at the time yeah so um yeah i think military order if he does turn up here would be would be good um but clearly king of scene that's a huge bet that they've come for yeah, big big gamble, big gamble. This one slightly reminds me of, and, and quite easy to draw the parallels, but Mojo Star, who of course came second in the derby as well. That one only ended up winning a maiden beyond the derby. Um, not saying King of Steel will do the same, and King of Steel has obviously already won one on debut at Nottingham um, as a two-year-old. So not saying that, that they'll go down exactly the same route, but you can get overexcited with these ones who run a good race in the derby um i mean even who you are mal <laughs> like it, I, I yeah it's it, the derby has been a bit of a curse in recent times so you don't want to get too excited and certainly not be taking something like six to four on a horse like that um who's finished second in the derby not in my mind anyway i completely agree with you i think military order turning up here would be would be a good thing because i i like that one too willing to forgive the derby run for exactly the reasons you mentioned and then prior to that looked looked really quite good uh in that lingfield derby trial so yeah if he turns up obviously Castleway is um the mount of will buick so interesting uh but yeah military order if he goes he's about 10 to 1 at the moment but but hold fire just before we we find out about declarations yeah i think proceed with caution until you have the full field with that one let's move on to the 420 
on the Friday, the Commonwealth Cup, where we have one of the most exciting horses, I think, of the week. Definitely in terms of the podcast, at least. We've been very sweet on Little Big Bear ever since Will Hurd came on our flat season preview. I think Will predicted that Little Big Bear wouldn't stay in the Guineas and then would win the Commonwealth Cup. He's been dropped back to six furlongs and he absolutely bolted up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and comes in here as a very worthy 13 to 8 favourite, potentially could be even shorter than that. Um, Sakir won the Mill Reef last year and uh, was maybe unsuited by the mile at Newmarket as well. So you've got two horses kind of with a similar profile, but I mean, Little Big Bear has looked so good as a sprinter ever since last year. Do you think he just wins this? Well, I mean, we, look, we've already tipped him. So uh, I'm not going to wax lyrical once more about the credentials of this horse, but we we yeah we 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 knew that the guineas didn't suit him back to back to sprint distances. He'd be far better. He looks a very very good horse, and I think he, you know, has got a cracking chance in this race. Uh, certainly, I think just if you are looking for an, an alternative angle, you've missed that sort of five to one that we recommended. And would like something a bit of a juicier price. I thought that um, Lazoo was interesting, just holding some really good juvenile form, beating both Meditate and Morge in the Cheveley Park last season on her final start. So uh, she's interesting. She's another one who who uh, is stepping back down to six furlongs, having tried the mile, becoming a very common theme now. Um, Actually, I think so. It was yeah. Two of the last four winners had their previous run in the English Guineas uh, before before winning this race, the Commonwealth Cup. So uh, it's becoming more and more common for horses just to just to try the mile and then go back to sprint distances. Quite understandably for sort of breeding purposes, etc. You might as well give it a go, right? Um, the one caveat I'd have on Lazoo would be there's only two fillies who's uh, who've won this race since 2015. So. That that may be a mark against her name, um, but I think yeah, at ten to one, she she's got some great juvenile form. So so I, I do like her, and obviously again, uh, we'll talk about it all the time. But Frankie's booked; uh, he's he's going to have an emotional time at Royal Ascot, I'm sure. So this would be a very very good winner for him. Um, the other one where I think the market probably overreacted is Noble Style, who obviously got beat at Newbury by Shaquille who's around 10 to 1 for this. Uh, I wouldn't say that that is the sort of fairest reflection of Noble Style's talent. I think that Will Buick perhaps didn't give him the best ride that day. I mean, he gave him a very confident ride, but it was sort of quick going with a, with a tailwind and he just couldn't catch Shaquille because he was too far back. So, yeah, he, he at 12 to 1, I think the market might have overreacted a bit to that one. But there is, of course, the big caveat that Buick's currently dropped up on Mischief Magic a, a lot further down the market. So that would suggest to me that Noble Star is probably not going to go here and he may well go for something like the July Cup instead, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, although I am strong on Little Big Bear here, if you were looking for an outside bet, maybe should have been a ring. Is a hardened, hardened horse for Richard Hannon. Mm-hmm. One that I remember tipping up early on in the season in Newmarket in a handicap. Uh, I think finished third or something. Yeah. Uh, Cold Case, another one I think will be seen to better effect back at Ascot, was fifth in that race at Haydock behind yeah. Little Big Bear. The ground um, would be the concern for me on Cold Case, I have to say, softer surface. Yeah, yeah. Um, but by this point, maybe we've had a bit of rain. 
So Perhaps, hopefully who, Knox will be at Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, we will. Uh, fingers crossed Little Big Bear can get the job done here. He does look like a cut above the rest, the way that he won that race at Haydock, having been originally trained this season to go over the mile, I would have thought, uh, being transferred back the two furlongs. And he won very nicely. So, yeah, it's going to be great to see him again on the track. Very, very excited for that. Five o'clock on the Friday is potentially one of the battles of the week. Tahira versus Morge, the rematch from the 1,000 guineas at Newmarket. Tahira is four to five favorite, though. Mm. Much shorter in the market than Morge at 10 to three. Queen of You for the Gosdens is sevens. Meditate 15 to two. Sounds of Heaven 12s. Go on then. Who wins the rematch? Is it Tahira? Is it Morge? It's a really difficult one, actually. And it, Well, I think just... Tahira is probably the better horse, really, isn't she? Yeah. She, she she's the better horse. And we know after the race, Dermot World said that Tahira was only 80% fit for the for the English 1,000 guineas. She then went and backed it up and, and won the Irish 1,000 guineas. It was sort of more workmanlike than really knock your eye out impressive, but she, she did it nonetheless. Uh, 10 to 3 I'd, I'd still possibly side with Morge just because of the price differential you know I mean Morge and Tahira both drew well clear of the rest and what's not to say she can't do it again she's she's um, certainly sort of a, a hardened individual ran you know uh, a fair few times as a as a two year old was uh, obviously second in the Albany at, at um, Royal Ascot last year so has some course form as well so yeah, I mean, I think just a, a ten to three, you probably side with Morge, but but sort of accepting that Tahira is probably the the better horse of the two. I don't know if you you'd agree with that opinion. Yeah, um, I I I probably would. I I think it's really difficult this race. You know, listeners of the podcast will know that I backed Morge um, at a nice price for the the one thousand guineas. So. I find it difficult going back in here. Very different track, this Ascot. Stiff finish. Um, I would prefer Tahira, but Tahira wasn't actually finishing that race at Newmarket that strongly, you know? Mm, like, exactly. they, went, they pulled well But that's because she's probably not fit, and I think that, that that's what you yeah. that's what you put it down to. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would say, the one thing I would say is that uh, Saeed Bin Sarur hasn't won this race for a while. Uh, if if ever I don't know I haven't looked that far back um, uh, Jesse Harrington's had a great record in it recently uh, and sh- hers uh, Saddle of Heaven who won the Oaks Farm Philly Stakes or something at York <laughs> just reading it now beating Queen for you yeah. who's a little bit shorter than her in the market yeah. so I think you know that one's potentially underestimated slightly here mm-hmm. um given jesse harrington's record in the race uh meditate also one i found interesting i don't think Wait, uh, should be should be 15 to 2 i think she's closer to tahira than the market suggests i, I was literally going to bring that up because i i thought i might be going crazy by thinking that meditate actually could be a good bit of value at 15 to 2 and she's been beaten by both morge and tahira in her career but then of course she has beaten Morge as well so it, it, it's she won very very impressively last year at Royal Ascot yeah yeah exactly she was the talking horse coming out of that in, in terms of the two-year-old division anyway 
Um, so at 15 to 2, maybe she's now at a backable price. And of course, she does. She has some great juvenile form herself. She she won out in a, in America. Um, she was obviously second in the Irish Guineas, behind Tahira, not not too far behind. Like so a length and a half. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's an interesting one, and you know, yeah, the point about Saeed Ben Sura is interesting, and I don't know, Aidan O'Brien is is the best trainer around. So. I, I do think when we look back at this race, I think potentially 15 to 2 will look like a big price for, for Meditate. Yeah. I'm actually quite happy to. to weirdly, I love it. we're jumping ship on both Morge and Tahira. I love it. And go back. But, but that's fine. It's, it's fluid. It's all good. It's, it's all about it's all about situational betting. It's exactly. Not, it is situational betting. Rigid. Don't yeah. get sucked into the narrative. It's it's horses for courses. Yeah. And meditate one at Royal Ascot last year. Aidan O'Brien is the top trainer. Ryan Moore is the top jockey. Mm. And 15 to 2, I think, underestimates their chances here. Yeah. So that is why it'll be meditate for me, even though Tahira has clearly been absolutely smashed up here. Um, that ties up day four at Royal Ascot. Your nap of the day. For me, it's got to be Little Big Bear. Uh, yeah, I think I think we, I think I'd be in agreement with that just because we we were so sweet on him previously. So yeah, happy, happy to go Little Big Bear as well. But I, I like how we're in agreement with Meditate. I agree. I think Meditate is a really interesting one for the coronation states. I'm looking at the camera now because I'm uh, hoping that there's going to be a clip after Meditate wins, but we'll see. Uh, let's let's move on then to the final day of Royal Ascot. Day five. We will be two days into Glastonbury. Hopefully there's enough signal that we can watch the races, maybe even put some Instagram stories up for you guys uh, the Chesham Stakes is the first race on the Saturday, but we can't currently look at these because the cards aren't out. We could look at the markets, um, but we're not going to. So we're going to start with the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee Stakes, formerly the Platinum mm. Jubilee It's very confusing stakes. how this, this is just changing name every time. Yeah, I know. Some At some point, they got they got to sort that Why out. Why don't you call it the Jubilee Stakes? Yeah, that would make a lot more. Well, they got the current jubilee stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the current jubilee stakes. That's yeah, way easier. Well, the unspecified jubilee yeah, stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The consistent the unspecified jubilee stakes. Yeah, uh, which is uh, currently headed by Artorius, the Australian, at four to one. Wellington, six to one. Highfield Princess, who's probably going to run in the King Stand, maybe runs both if uh, she wins well in the King Stand. Who knows? But I don't think it's the plan. Sacred nines, Kinross tens. Rohan 12s, Al Sahel 14s. I'm going to open this with a stat, which is that nice. uh, horses uh, aged between three and five are the ones to focus on in this race. And with that I'm said, who's your tip? I'm, no, I'm all good. That's fine. You haven't burst my bubble. I, I, I'm going to chuck a couple of darts here, I think. Um, one, I will start with a very consistent performer at Asker, and that is Rohan, who uh, won the Wokium last year, didn't he? Um, his form figures at the course read one one naught one one four, um, and yeah, I just think his consistency at the course will stand him in good stead here. Obviously, 
his rear rear appearance run was disappointing, I admit, but um, it's clear that it's taken him a run to get going every time uh, after a layoff. So I wouldn't be too disappointed in that, really, in, in the sort of greater context. Um, <clears throat> so he's, a, he's he's one I'd, I'd have on the short list. Uh, and the other is another previous Royal Ascot winner, uh, the Albany winner of a couple of years ago, and that is Sandrine. Nice. At about 2021. I know you love this horse, actually. You've tipped this horse a couple of times before, I think. Mm. Uh, Good maybe once, was it? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I think it's really interesting she she be stepping back to, to six furlongs again, which will be, well, she did run last time at six, I think. But um, prior to that, it was uh, she hadn't run uh, at that distance since her two-year-old career, which was obviously a very um, fruitful career. She was a winner uh, of the Duchess of Cambridge States, a group two at Newmarket. She was uh, third in the Cheveley Park as well, as I say, a, a winner of the Albany two. So, yeah, I think she's she's got a good chance uh, here as well um, based on that um, Albany win and the fact that she's coming back to, to, to six furlongs. She also beat Kim Ross in the in the Lennox Stakes at Goodwood last year. So showing she can mix it with the big guns here and at 20 to 1 compared to Kim Ross's 10 to 1. I think she's probably a bit overpriced here. Yeah, yeah, very possibly, very possibly. I'm actually going for one who ran against Sandrine last time run, run at, freedom. at Lingfield. No, oh, the winner of that race, Sacred, oh. who, if you remember from last year's Royal Ascot preview, yeah. Nick Bell said was catching, catching pigeons, pigeons yeah. on the Newmarket Gallops. Well, we can now see that she is catching pigeons on the race course as well. The way she won that Lingfield race was unbelievably taking. Uh, I think she's going to be seen to to great effect here. Strong pace to run at uh, over the six furlongs, drop back from the seven, which she's been running on recently. But, you know, she was fifth in the race last year, having uh, a really strong finish there. Mm-hmm. A length I think back fifth. William Haggis's form uh, is, is just coming to the boil. Uh, to, to the boil. Uh, Sacred really early in her career was second behind Campanelli at the Royal Meeting so she's got some form uh, here uh, clearly fifth in the race last year also really top form in that uh, in that race so yeah I, I think the way that she won her reappearance was really really taking and um, look, we're getting a bigger price about her this year currently at 9-1 to one than we were last year when she hadn't even had a run yeah. So yeah, it's, it's I think I think she's under bet at the moment, and it mm. wouldn't surprise me if she went off a lot shorter mm. uh, once people look back at that Lingfield it, replay. She she was one who annoyed me last year because she was always over bet. She went off favourite for every race yeah, yeah, bar yeah. bar the uh, bar this race last year, and it was just it was just frustrating. Like you didn't want to take her at the prices, but uh, but yeah, nine to one like it's, it's a decent price. Um, so yeah, we got we got a couple of darts there. I think Sandrine would be my preference. So so we we've got some close form ties there. Really, I think we like like yeah. like, like, a, like a similar profile here. Yeah, that is the Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee Stakes covered. Let's move on to the Hardwick Stakes Group Two Hookham strong favorite here for Owen Burrows who had a nice two-year-old debutant win today uh seven to four for Hookham at the moment free wind free wind who's been unbelievably impressive for mm. the Gosdens at three to one Deauville legend is sixes pile driver comes back for the Muir and Grassic team 
uh, and changing of the guard is likely to be the next run at ADR going for the Prince of Wales. Changing of the guard is tens here and well, potentially Westover as well. Yeah, um, we're, we're changing the guard may well go to the Gold Cup as well. It's possible. I don't know if he's chalked up for that, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting race. I mean, for me, Hookham is just a top top class horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know as we said earlier uh we're very lucky to have hookham on the racetrack at the moment because he had a career ending injury which clearly wasn't career ending um yeah. but it's it's great to see hookham back on the race course really really nice run out in maidan um you know a close seventh in that race um it was it was a close no, seventh. i hope it does this sounds weird doesn't it but he, but he was also he was miles back i remember turning the the home straight and actually managed to finish on quite strongly yeah, yeah um yeah, that will that will be that will be good that'll be helped at epsom and um look i mean winning that that race at uh, sandown beating desert crown desert crown looked to be in in fairly good order there um clearly one mile two is not going to be hookham's uh best best trip one mile four is mm. so um yeah, I'm 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 very excited to see Hookham run here, and uh, I think Owen Burrows will, Owen Burrows will have him tuned up to the max. So yeah, I, I can't really look past Hookham here. To be honest, for as much as Free Wind is a really really classy individual, and will get the three pounds uh, Phillies allowance as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. I uh, complete agreement. Really, I think Hookham. <sighs> I, well, I was quite tempted to stick my neck out and say Hookham could be the the favourite of the of the week. Really, Little Big Bear maybe, notwithstanding. But um, I think it's just a really really nice group too. To be honest, I think in the top four in the market, you've got so four really nice horses. I've always been a big fan of Free Wind, but I think just for me, the fact that Hookham is a, is a course and distance winner, Ascot. Um, really nice uh, reappearance run this year has got some very very good form both domestically and abroad I think he's just he's just a better horse at least at this stage free wind's been kept quite under wraps actually weirdly like he has had an odd career um, so yeah I'm in complete agreement I think 7-4 to four is a decent enough price for this horse um, I think I seem to remember you can get your fingers burnt in the hardwick but I don't know. We'll we'll hopefully not have that this time around. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed. Uh, just the two races we've covered on Saturday. What is your nap of the day? <laughs> well, Hookham. Let's go Hookham. I'd really like him. Okay, I'm napping up sacred. Really? In the Queen Elizabeth II. Why would you do Jubilee that? Jubilee Stakes. But you love Hookham. Yeah, I love Hookham, but I think nine to is one that, Is that really how, how bullish you are on yeah, sacred? I'm bullish on sacred. Mm. Really bullish on sacred. I just remember, sorry, it was it was really last year. I was thinking, like, Hurricane Lane last year, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, let's I forget was, about that. Nah, <laughs> I, was, I genuinely didn't think that horse could lose. No. And, and he lost. To broom of all. I know, I know, I know. Well, I've tipped up. <laughs> Many times. Yeah. Um, that's that. Royal Ascot preview 2023 done. God, it's going to be an exciting week. We're going to have to get our bets placed before we head out on wednesday evening or thursday morning to the glastonbury festival which will also be unbelievably good fun yeah. we're both very excited for that um great episode well mm-hmm. done hopefully some some big tips what's your nap of the week um my nap of the week is matrica wherever she goes 
Really? Either one. I think Queen Mary or Albany. Wow. I think she'll win. Is, is this sort of the same as Little Big Bear last year? Yeah, I think... Are we getting like 10 to 1? Yeah, Incredible. yeah. But Little Big Bear was only, what, 3 to, three to 1, I think, when for the Norfolk. Wow. Well, was it Norfolk? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sweet on her. I think uh, my bet of the week, Al Asifa, Hookham, double. <laughs> oh, the Shadwell double. <laughs> That's all from us. Have a great time if you're at Royal Ascot, if you're at Glastonbury, or if you're at any other type of festival. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to coming back for our next episode, reviewing, hopefully, what will have been a very successful week at Royal Ascot and Glastonbury. Uh, thanks everyone for listening please do like share and subscribe if you're enjoying the podcast we'll see you next time it's a goodbye from me Tris and it's a goodbye from me Charlie goodbye bye guys